Number four might seem really obvious, but not so obvious. A lot of places you want to know what the land looks like, what the surrounding area looks like, what is on it. Are there trees on it? Is there water close by? So I recommend going by three different times in the morning, in the afternoon, in the middle of the day when everyone's at work, and then in the middle of the night or preferably after dark. And I like for you to walk around it, check out the neighborhood. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. So Colorado is one of the absolute best states to buy land in. I'm going to give you 10 tips on buying vacant land in Colorado. All right, so my name is Brent Bowers. I've done over 400 vacant raw land deals, and I've really cut my teeth on figuring out what to do and what not to do when buying vacant land, but I still have to pinch myself to believe this is real, what we've built in this business. We have over 100 notes paying us every single month for the land we sold on seller financing. What is a note? It's basically a promise to pay us. We give them the land at a certain price. We get a down payment and then a monthly payment every single month. The first one I ever did was $400 a month. And this was a complete like mindset shift, a paradigm shift as Stephen Covey talks about. It changed my mind because it allowed me to be able to pay my truck payment. And at that time, I was in the military. I was gone for like 12, 13 hour days. I was always training, always away from my wife and my kids. And that $400 a month for me was absolutely life-changing because I only had to do that 10 times to actually replace all my expenses because my expenses were just right about $4,000 a month at that time. So that's how I built the top 10 things you need to know when buying land in Colorado because everything on this list, it's actually caused me a little grief and I've made mistakes doing it, but we were able to overcome it. So number one is what is allowed on the land? What is the zoning for? Is it vacant residential land? That means you can build a house on it. Is it agricultural land? You know, that is usually for farming and grazing and cattle, and you can usually only build one house on it. Is it industrial, you know, like railroad tracks and, you know, truck stops and things like that? And is it commercial, like gas station or business storefront? So you want to know what the land is zone for. And the best way to do that is by going to the county assessor website and then getting the phone number to the planning and zoning department and calling these people and just making friends and figuring out like, what can I do with this land? All right. Next is access to the property. How are you going to access this? Is it dirt road? Is it a paved road? Is there a road at all? Is it a little dirt trail that you can see like cattle grazing on? The second property I ever sold, which I was making the $400 a month on, this land was actually not accessible. You had to trespass across state land to get to this property. Now, I actually did that. I walked across the state land and took photos and put this land on a Craigslist and advertised it, but I disclosed this to my buyer and told him that you were going to need to find an access attorney. You can find those through like a title insurance company, ask them who is their best ingress, egress attorney. All ingress, egress is, is entrance and exit. That's it. Like, how do you get access to this land? You know, Colorado, you really cannot 
enclose someone to where they can't access their land legally. Are you going to have to jump through hoops to get to it? Yes, absolutely. So that second land deal I ever did, there was actually no legal ingress or egress or access to the land. So you want to know that going forward. So I bought the land at a massive, massive discount and I even sold it at a massive discount because I didn't have the money to pay the attorney at the time, but the guy I, I sold it to did. And that's also why I sold it to him on a discount. Next, you want to know about any protected species or wetlands in the area. Now, granted, this is Colorado, so not too many wetlands in Colorado, but there are protected species, protected snakes, protected bugs and insects and birds. Like you want to know about what's on the land if you plan to develop it. Now, if you plan to leave it like it is, yeah, it's not a big deal, but it's just something you want to be aware of. Number four might seem really obvious, but not so obvious. A lot of places you want to know what the land looks like, what the surrounding area looks like, what is on it, are there trees on it, is there water close by? So I recommend going by three different times, in the morning, in the afternoon, in the middle of the day when everyone's at work, and then in the middle of the night, or preferably after dark. And I like for you to walk around it, check out the neighborhood. What does it look like? Is there a lot of traffic coming in and out? We purchased a home just recently in Florida and my mother was over watching our children. You know, grandma was watching her grandchildren and she goes, there is a lot of traffic going by your house. And she's not used to that because she lives on 20 something acres in the middle of nowhere. So she's not used to seeing all the traffic. So you want to like notice like what's going on, how much is going on around it. What's going on after dark? What's going on when everyone's at work and what's going on in the morning time? And I want you to walk around it. Now, if you're not willing to get out of your car and walk around, you probably shouldn't be buying that vacant land anyways. Number five, a survey. You want to know where the property boundaries are at on the property. Like where are the property lines? Because, you know, this has brought me great pain before on a little piece of land that I purchased in a mobile home park. The neighbor's trailer roof was actually just over my property line. And I had no problem with that, but I didn't get a survey, but my buyer had a problem with it. He was going to build a house and he required the setbacks far enough to wherever he can build a massive house. He ended up having to reduce the size of his house. He ended up buying the property, but it was multiple hoops we had to jump through. And another thing the survey is going to help you with, and you can find this out with the planning and zoning department, is to know your setbacks. You have certain setbacks from the road. You have certain setbacks from the rear of the property. You have certain setbacks on each side. So that's going to determine how big of a property you can build or how big of a house you can build on that vacant raw piece of land. So if you got a 5,000 square foot piece of land and you have setbacks of let's just say 15 feet on all sides, more than likely you can't occupy a footprint over a thousand square feet. Number six, electric. This is huge. You know, just because you see electric and power lines, sometimes those big power poles running through a neighborhood, doesn't mean it's going to be easy to get electric. I don't want to scare you, but sometimes it's easy as a call to the local electric company to ask if they service that address or that area and ask them what it would cost. You want to, you know, an actual written estimate of what it would cost to bring power to the property line. And usually it's just via a transformer. We bought a piece of land a, a quite some time ago and there was a power line across the road and it was as simple as them just putting another transformer and it didn't cost us anything to do that. Well, going to my parents' property they built, they had to put in seven power poles to get to where their house was going to be at. So that was like seven grand to get that done. Next is water. Water in Colorado is like pure 
gold. So there's certain parts of Colorado where you need an acre, at least one acre to drill a well. And if you're not on an acre, you're not going to get water in these areas. Some areas have community wells, community water or city water. These are ultimate the best because you don't have to worry about much. Then there's water rights. You have to own at least 35 acres for that. So water is huge in Colorado. You absolutely want to go to the Colorado Division of Water, or you can just Google Colorado Division of Water and it'll explain to you in your area. They've got maps. You can call the local directory, but don't buy a vacant raw piece of land without knowing about the water first. We sell a lot of land in Colorado and I always direct people to this resource and sometimes they get aggravated with me, but why don't you figure it out for me? I want them to go straight to the trough. I want to get it straight from the horse's mouth, the person that is the authority in that area, because if I ever get something wrong, I don't want them to be upset with me because something changed or I heard it wrong or I told them and they heard it wrong. So you always want to go to directly to the source. All right, number eight. The world has changed. A lot of people are working from home right now. A lot of people have ditched the office and are working from home. You absolutely want to make sure that internet is a viable source where you're going to be at. So quick story, we purchased uh, 58 acres and a 4,000 square foot home in Southern Colorado. And we were using the Verizon hockey pucks to access internet. It was absolutely a nightmare. I was trying to do zooms and it was always like choppy and stopping and then I would run out of data. So I had a couple different internet plans. And one day I'm running in my neighborhood and I see that there's fiber optic line buried in the ground and they've got signs up for it. So I figured out who was in charge of that and I found out it was Rye Telephone. And I ended up calling them and they said, yeah, it's absolutely. We got internet is $115 a month. So immediately we, we transferred over to that and it was the best internet ever. It was gigabytes per second, not megabytes per second. You want the gigabytes per second if you're going to be streaming video. It was an absolute you know, game changer for us. You want to know what the internet is like in an area before you go buying a piece of vacant raw land in Colorado. All right. I was actually corrected on something. It's actually gigabits per second and megabits per second. So for you tech guys, and I should know better. I was an army signal support specialist. Golly, I feel crazy for not knowing that, but uh, it is gigabits per second. But hey, let's get to number nine. And that is soil and bore test. Some places call it a perk test. Colorado calls it a bore test or a soil test. It's basically where a little tiny mini excavator digs in the ground and digs a big hole and some engineer goes out and checks it. You want to see how fast the water is percolating through the soil or draining off. You know, if you've got clay, the water is going to sheet off and it's expansive and contractive. And if you've got sand, the water is going to just percolate into the ground like a sweet little coffee maker. So you want to know what your soil is like because sometimes you have to bring soil in to build a house and sometimes you need to take soil out to build a house. So that is a huge one. Number 10 is title search and title insurance. I combine these two because a title insurance company can provide both of these. You absolutely want to know what the title looks like. You want to make sure all the transfers of the deed over the years, that property's probably been sold multiple times. And then you want to buy a title insurance policy. So if the title insurance made a mistake, they make you pay up for a little bit of insurance through them to correct that state. So it's one of those things. It's like, you know, you might as well have the insurance and have it not need it, then need it 
and not have it. So I recommend title insurance policies and title searches. And guys, if you're looking for a place that you can buy Colorado land, I want you to head on over to vacantlandofthefree.com. That is my website. We buy and sell Colorado vacant land. We also have some land in Florida and Arkansas, all kinds of places. And if you don't see the land you want, go ahead and sign up for my email list. We're always buying more. And here's what's really cool about it. We provide the land and the easy financing on most of our parcels. Guys, if you're looking to get started in real estate and you want to see if this is a great fit for you, and maybe you just want to talk to one of us on the Wholesaling Inc. team, head on over to wholesalinginc.com forward slash land, schedule a call with me and my team. We'll see if we're a good fit. And if we are, I'd be honored to coach you. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.